Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Hey folks, welcome to another Wednesday night. Missed being here last week, but of course that was our first Wednesday night service, and uh, we don't have, I don't record on those uh, weeks that we have that, but I'm back and had a wonderful service here on Sunday when Pastor Scott talked about the importance of being uh, baptized in the Spirit in order to live the life that God wants us to live. And two weeks ago, I got to talking to you about being on fire for God. And tonight, we're going to talk about being baptized with fire. And it's so important that if we're going to run this race, we got to have enthusiasm, we got to be passionate, and that, that's called being on fire. So uh, over in Jude, I'm going to start tonight with uh, Jude verse 3. He says, uh, as Jude writes this, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I find it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Contend earnestly. <laughs> you know, you got to contend for things, the, our salvation. We got to contend for it because it's been given to us, but there's an enemy and uh, he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And uh, he's doing that. He, he want, God said oh, uh, for us to be sober, be vigilant for our enemy as a roaring lion goes about seeking whom he may destroy. Well, uh, listen, my friends, we have to contend for things. I, I was thinking about that earlier and about contending. It's like when you go out for a, a sport or when I was a young guy going out for it, you wanted to be a part of the team. You wanted to be have a position on the team, but you had to work for it. You had to contend for it. Now, we work out our salvation. We don't pay the price for it. Works don't get us saved, but it's we're saved uh, by grace through faith. But it's the point that God said in his word, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, what's already been given to you, you got to contend for it. you got to work for it. Otherwise, you're going to lose it. And, and it's all about being passionate for Jesus. So important that we be passionate, on fire for the things of God. Now, over in Matthew, I think I might have used this one last week, but Matthew 3, or two weeks ago. In Matthew 3, uh, John the Baptist is talking and speaking here, and he says in, in verse 11, Indeed, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. How many of you know it's important to be on fire with the Spirit of God, the passionate for, a passion for God? And then we see over in Acts 1.8, it talks about stay, the promise of the Father in Luke. Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. And in Acts chapter 8, or 1, verse 8, it says this. Now, most of you know these scriptures, but it's always good to refer to them because we can forget. How many of you forget things? <laughs> Easily to forget things, isn't it? But in Acts chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 8, he tells us, well, uh, in verse 5, um, let's go back to verse 4. How about that? And being assembled together with them, he can, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. 
For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not day, many days from hence, or from, from now. And in verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power after when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth and wherever you happen to live at the particular time you're alive, right? So he's telling us you shall receive power, but you got to use that power. And to use that power, you got to keep it stirred up on fire, burning. You can't let it go out because it's so easy to do that, isn't it? Well, then in Acts chapter 2, we find... <clears throat> We find that on that day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all filled with one accord, uh, were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly, how many of you love suddenly? God, God brings us suddenly. Man, you're looking for it, and all of a sudden it's there, amen? There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set up on each of them. Divided tongues as a fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. The common thread that ran through the disciples, they were all on fire for the kingdom of God. That's the way we should be today. We should be on fire. You know, <clears throat> there was um, Peter who denied uh, Jesus three times. And after the day of Pentecost, I mean, he and those disciples were on such fire, they went everywhere proclaiming the gospel, didn't they? And, and most of them were martyred and died a, a terrible death because of the love of Jesus and a passion for Jesus. Now, <laughs> over in Revelation, the words of Jesus, John the Revelator, he, he was on the island of Patmos, and got the greatest revelation of Jesus Christ and we read, that we read about in this Bible. And in John, or, uh, Revelation chapter 3, and uh, Jesus is speaking here, and he's talking to the church at Laodicea. And it's called the lukewarm church, which we don't want to be. And it says here in verse 15, he says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. You know, why would he say that, cold or hot? He says, so then because you are lukewarm, how many of you like to drink or eat something that's lukewarm? We either want it hot or we want it cold, don't we? Well, he's saying here, in, in those days that he wrote this, or they wrote this, they burned, they cooked with fire, didn't they not? They cooked with fire. And, and when cooking with fire, you heated things up, you got it hot. Well, when things got, uh, had been in the fire, but yet had set out, they become lukewarm, which is not very good. He said, I'd rather have you hot or cold where you haven't heard the word of God and don't even know, rather than having heard of it, been on fire at one time and let the fire go out. So we don't want to let the fire go out. He wants us on fire. We need to be on fire. So then, then because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold or cold nor hot, he says, "Now this is this is. I mean, this is really serious stuff. I will vomit you out of my mouth. I will vomit you out of my mouth." He doesn't want us cold spiritually. He wants us on fire. He wants us to have a 
a temperature that's on fire. How I many of you know it's important that you, in our natural bodies, we have a temperature that we're expected to keep, what is it, 96.3 or 5 or whatever, you know, that, that bodily temperature. Why is that? When we go to the doctor, you ever gone to the doctor? I'm sure you have. What do they do? <laughs> they take your blood pressure and they take your temperature. And they want to find out it's important to them because if its temperature is too cool or too hot, it has something to do with the way your body functions. So they want to know. Well, in the spiritual sense, if you're, if you're lukewarm, you're not on fire anymore. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. It can, it can really uh, uh, pull you down from what God has for you. Amen? Amen. Um, he wants us on fire, the church. This, um, he's, what we're reading here is really a, uh, an example of what the church can be like in America today. It's not just going to church, my friends. It's not just saying, I'm a believer. Uh, give me more, more, more. I'm a believer. But what are you doing with what you got? If you're on fire, you'll want to share that. You'll want to give it out. you want to see others uh, hear the good news and get on fire themselves. Amen? But if you're not, if you're just lukewarm, oh, it's all right. I've been going to church for years. Well, I've said this many times. I keep saying it. You know, the devil goes to church too. He's, he goes to church and see who can, uh, he can, uh, uh, when the pre preacher's preaching, how he can mix up what he's being, what's being said and other things. He doesn't want us to know the truth. It's important that we know the truth. You know, uh, Paul said, and we want to stand against the wiles of the devil. What's the wiles of the devil? Deceit and, and division and, and uh, uh, being deceived by the enemy. We don't want that. We want to be on fire for the things of God. We want to be passionate about him, about the Lord and his word. And he wants us uh, to be fanatical, if you want to get down to it. Fanatical. Wow. We're fanatical for Jesus. Amen. You hear about fans all over. We just watched the Super Bowl the other night. And, you know, you see all these people, thousands and thousands of people that paid exorbitant amount of money to go there and yell and jump up and down, which I watched it. I didn't have a problem with that watching it. But the point of it is they, they're, they're fanatical. And I see it. I went to uh, my granddaughter's volleyball game the other night, and, and, and one of the guys had a, uh, one of the players' uh, jerseys on. I mean, he's he passionate about that, right? Well, God wants us passionate about his word and about, his, about the gospel. And listen, we can lose our fire. How many of you know it's, we can lose our fire? How do we do that? He, well, he gives us an indication here in verse 17. Because you say I'm rich, I have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, blind, poor, and naked. Whoa, that's pretty heavy stuff. Jesus is telling that church there, the same thing. We don't want to be in that group of people, my friend. Uh, we can become high-minded, lifted up with pride, amen, and and to make a lot of smoke, but there's no fire there. And, that, and that's sometimes true. What's Paul tell Timothy? He told Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you by the laying on of hands. Amen. Stir it up. Get hot. Get on fire. Why? Because... Paul, uh, Timothy was being in, uh, intimidated 
by the, the Jewish religious people of the day, right? So Paul, and he was being cowardly, uh, backing off. And Paul said, just stir it up. Stir up that flame that's in you. Because God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So you stir it up. So what happens when you stir it up? You go out and, and all these detractors and all these people coming against the things, you're on fire. You, you're not going to be listening to that. And you're not going to be intimidated. You're not going to be cowardly. You're going to be bold. And in order to do that, you've got to be on fire. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Therefore, let him think, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he, be, uh, he falls. How do you begin to fall when you don't take seriously where you're at and what, you're, what the Lord has done for you? When you lose your fire. And we don't want to do that, do we? He says, I'm rich, wealthy, need of nothing. Well, that we get complacent. We get comfortable. You know, that's easy to do. Uh, you find people that have worked a job for years and years and years, and they can't wait to retire. Why? Because they're tired of working. But you know what? We're not to, we're not to retire from the, the, the kingdom of God. We're not to retire from doing God's work. We're to stay on fire for him. Mark 4.19 says, what else can cause the fire to go out? The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering. Choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. When the word becomes unfruitful, you're losing your fire. Uh, are you comfortable? A lot of people say, well, yeah, I got it made. I'm, I'm retired. I got a pension coming in. I got other uh, investments. And, uh, you know, we, we live here three months out, of, uh, uh, go somewhere where it's warm three months out of the year, and we come back and we hang out. And what do we do? We, you know, I mean, are they doing anything? Sometimes they are. Sometimes they got interest in the church or in, in things of God, but sometimes they're just doing things for themselves. But... Why would Jesus said you need to be on fire? Because you become self-sufficient, independent, self-centered, conceited, boastful. And he says in verse 17, Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So what do we do? What's a remedy? Well, he goes on to say, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in what? The fire. He wants it pure. Amen. Our desire for him be pure. It goes on to say, that you may be, may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness might, might not be revealed, and your, you apply, uh, anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Remember that. When he tells us this thing, he's trying to get us to a point where our flame is, is, is flaming up. Our fire is flaming up. Amen? Therefore, be zealous and repent. You know, that's, a, that's the beginning of getting yourself back on track. Isn't it true? It's Jesus, and he said, gold, wisdom of God, gold tried in fire is the wisdom of God. More precious than rubies. Isn't that true? And so, and wiser and, and then it's God's wisdom we have. In Christ Jesus is where we find the gold tried in the fire. And in verse 18 again, and the white garments that we may be clothed, that we may shame of your nakedness may be re not be revealed. Shame of what? Of sin and disobedience. 
It's not going to be revealed. He says, anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see revelation of the, of the Holy Spirit. Why does he want us to do that? Well, you know that scripture over in Ephesians chapter 1. We, we talk about this a lot in, in our prayer meetings and, and uh, many times uh, just in general. And it's a prayer that Paul prayed for a group of people in, in, a, in Ephesus, that the church at Ephesus, they were already born again and spirit-filled. But he tells them to this. He wants us to see God in a, in a greater way. You understand? So he says in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in what? In the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding would what? Be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the workings of his mighty power? He's wanting us to know those things. It goes on to say, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come. And he put all things under our feet to give him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's what he wants our eyes to be open. He wants us to see the truth of his word. Amen. The knowledge of God's will. Don't we want to know that? Well, you got to stir yourself up in the Word of God. Be on fire for the Word of God. Now, it goes on to say in verse 19, I read, I'll read this again. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten and correct them. You know, it's, it's good that we take correction. The fool says he doesn't want correction. The godly, the righteous say, give me all I need to, to be right. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so important to be right. He told his disciples, if you continue in my word, Jesus said, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and that truth shall set you free. How many of you know it's the word of God that we're to be excited about, stirred up about? Therefore, be zealous, he said in that verse 19, and repent. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Be on fire and repent. Turn from the ways you have been going to the way of my fires. What basically what it's saying. Pursue me totally. Let my fire burn in you that the world may know me through you. Isn't that important? We've talked about revival. We, we do that on our prayer meetings and especially a men's prayer meeting. And, and we talk about revival and some of the other prayer groups I'm with. And But it, how do we get revival? We first got to get stirred up in ourselves. We first got to get on fire for ourselves. Are you in a place where you were more on fire now when, or when you first got born again? I would venture to say when you first got born again. But you got to rekindle that fire. You got to get it going again. And, so, and to be zealous, to boil and to burn with zeal, to repent. Now, it talks about how do we requirements for burning on fire. What's, what's some of the things we can think about? Well, over in, in uh, Romans chapter 12, it talks us how to be good Christians. But it's also, I think it talks, tells us how to, to be, uh, be stirred up and be on fire. Because if you're stirred up and on fire, you're going to do the things it, tell, it requires us to do. And in verse 9, we'll just read this verse. Because I'll get to the scripture I'm really looking for here in a minute. But Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what, abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. 
You ever think about that? Cling to the good things of God. Cling to them. Don't let them go. Don't just, I tell you what, we live in a world where it's so easy to be wishy-washy about what we believe and, and who we believe in. Be kindly affectionate to one another <laughs> with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. You ever think about preferring one another, caring for one another? Isn't that so important? Uh, it, it's, it's vitally important if you want to know. Be engaged. Put your heart into it uh, with others. Be careful about, be care about others. Now, verse 11 is what it says, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent, that means be on fire, be hot, be boiling. That word fervent means a glow, a flame, uh, fueled and a flame, all in. Do you ever think about being all in for Jesus? We get, we get so wrapped up in the world's, the way of the world, other things, it's, we lose our, uh, we lose our zeal for the things of God sometimes. We should be on, that should be right in the forefront of our mind. In the Message Bible, it says, do not burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the Master, cheerfully expectant. expectant. Don't quit in, in hard times. Pray all the harder. In other words, be stirred up. Our fire has a purpose. We're out to serve the Lord in every way that we can. If you're going to serve the Lord, you're going to have to be on fire. You know, I found that people that are passionate about God, people that are on fire for God, they're ready to do anything. Send me where you want, Lord. Send me here. Send me there. Do this. I'll do that for you. Well, what do I need to do? Well, whatever you need to do, do it as unto the Lord. That's what uh, Colossians chapter 3 talks about doing it passionately, wholeheartedly for the Lord. Well, you can't do that if you're not excited about it, if you're not stirred up about it, if you're not passionate about it. And how do we get that way? We begin to do what I'm just doing right here. We begin to talk about the things of God, how good he's been to us. We get engaged, amen? When we come to a church service, when you go to your church, you go there expectant. Lord, I'm going. I want to hear some word today, and I want to see the move of God today, and I want to see passion, have passion and when I go. You know, it's so important. If you're going to get something from you got to learn to respond. Amen? You see people, we see people in our church. I don't know what church you go to, and if you watch this, but do you see people that don't praise God or just kind of stand around, and, and, and it's just like they attend church, you don't just check the box. You go there to engage, respond. And the more you respond, the more you're going to get. In other words, the more you put in it into it, the more you get back. Amen? Amen. Uh, over in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29, and God, here's God. You want to hear God's personality? It says, our God is a consuming fire. A consuming fire. He's on fire for what he wants to do on the earth. And when we and we get close to him, that burning desire to see men saved, to live a godly life, to show hospitality, to minister brother, brotherly love, uh, will become a part of us in, in his kindness and his goodness. Amen? So what do we do in this, this day and this hour? What are we to do? We're to stir the fires of revival in ourselves. We're to get excited about what God has said. I hope you've been born again, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 
go back and think of that day or that time, that evening, that night, whenever it was. Myself, it was in a hotel room listening to the last 10 minutes of Billy Graham, having heard the word of God so many times, kept running from him. But all of a sudden, this it just came on to me. I need to ask Jesus into my life. That's what he's doing. He's seeking in, that he, whom he may save and deliver from. He, he, he came to, the, the, to save the whole world, but the whole world isn't going to be saved because we're free moral agents, we're free will agents, and we have to have, we have to give in to what he wants us to do. Amen. We have, but I think about that when I think about all those years ago now, and I think, Mike, you got to keep running your race, run your race. Paul said, I've I've run my race, I've finished my course, and I've kept the faith. Don't you want to do that? Well, you got to do something. You got to stir the fires of revival in your own heart. You got you to get passionate about the things of God. You got to get passionate about his word and what he's called us to do. How many of you know you've been called? I've been called. Every one of us has been called for a, a particular ministry and things, especially the ministry of reconciliation in this day we live in, where none of us are exempt from a call. Now, we all have different responsibilities. Just in a family, you all always have different responsibilities. You got a mother, a father, you got kids that do certain things. But we've all been called to the family of God to do something. But we can't fulfill the plan and purpose that Jeremiah talked about about Israel back in Jeremiah 29, 12. I got plans for you. I got great plans for you. I got to give you a hope and a purpose for life. But you can't get that if you never get passionate about the things of God. Stir yourself tonight. Get, get on fire for God again. Get in his word and begin to read the truth because it's the truth that sets us free. It's the truth that causes passion to well up inside of us. It's the truth that gives us boldness to go out in, into a, a world that's dying and hurting. You know, in Acts chapter 4, I just got a couple minutes here left. In Acts chapter 4, you remember what that prayer was? We've we've talked about this on here before and, and other places, but they prayed the prayer when they'd gotten, uh, when Peter and John had raised the lame man, they went back to their own companions. You know what it says? And they went being let go, they went back to their own companions. They were told not to talk about Jesus anymore. And you know what they said? We can't do anything but talk about what he's done and who he is. Amen. And reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Now, it goes on to talk about why do the nations rage and why is all the trouble going on. That's still going today. It hasn't stopped. But down in verse 29, it says this, or 28. Lord, we just pray to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats because they were being threatened and grant to your servants that with all boldness. You ever pray this prayer for yourself? Grant to me, Lord, boldness that we they may speak the word of by stretching out your hand to what? Not just, not just so I get a little bit. No, we want to see healings and signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, now this is important. That's why we need to pray. The place where they were assembled together was shaken. How many of you want some shaking going on in your own life? A shaking to back into repentance, a shaking back into and stirring of the fires of revival in your own heart. The shaken, and they were all filled with what? The Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. 
And I like what it says in verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord, and great grace was upon them all. Grace to do what God's called you to do. Grace to do what God's called me to do. That's so important. God's ability in us to do what we can't do on our own. And that's what we get when we get on fire, when we get passionate about the things of God. Get going with Him. Amen? We don't just go to church anymore. We become the church. Wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, we think about the goodness of God. I've said this many times over. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, how could I not praise him? How could I not serve him? How could I not get excited about him? Because there'll be a day with some of my brothers and sisters that we'll all stand before him and give an account of what we've done in this life. And we have no excuse because he's, he's, he's gave us Jesus and he gave us the, the power of the Holy Ghost. He's baptized us with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and fire say ghost, that was an old King James term, but the Holy Spirit and fire. Why? So we can burn on fire for the things of God. Passionate about God. Don't you want to be tonight? Well, get on fire. Get in his word. Get back into your church. Get busy doing something. Don't sit back and get comfortable, get complacent, but get the fuels of revival burning in your heart. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you that, you, that John said, I, I, I don't, I baptize under repentance, but there's one coming and he's came. The, 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 Jesus came to save us and he sent the Holy Spirit and fire to be upon us that we might have the power of God to live a Christian life, to do all that you've called us to do, that it might be well with us one day when we stand before you. I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice that they will know you and get busy with what you've called them to do and they'd be passionate and on fire for the things of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's good to be with you, and I'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.